0: Thank you for uh, reading that passage for us and for the band for helping us to praise God uh, through song. Can I ask you, if you have a Bible on your phone, uh, please get it out and turn with me to Mark chapter 2. I know that might be a bit risky asking you to take out your phones, but I'm going to trust you uh, to, to look at, at the passage with me because ultimately we know that as we gather here this evening in CE, you're not here to, to listen to me. We're here to hear God speak in his word, and so it's helpful for us to have the passage open in front of us. Mark chapter 2. And as you do that, as you, as you get on your phone, let me, let me pray for us once again. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that in your word you speak to us, you change us, and you long to make us more like your son Jesus Christ. And Lord, we recognize that the Bible is not like any other book where we can try and understand it in our own strength or in our own wisdom. But Lord, this, these are your words. And so we need your help. Without you, this we cannot understand your truth. And so we ask that by your Spirit, you would apply this to our hearts, help us understand it, and take us to our need for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, we've all been there. It's a, it's a cold, miserable Tuesday morning. And the alarm goes off at about 7 a.m. And it's time for another day at school. It's time for you to, to get up and get, ready, and, and get ready to go to school for another day. But in those few seconds, just after your alarm is gone you decide that on this miserable Tuesday morning that suddenly this sickness comes over you. And actually, this sickness means that today you're not going to be able to get to school. And so your parents come in and say, come on, it's time to get ready. And you say, actually, mom or dad, I'm not sure. I I don't feel too good this morning. I feel this great cold. I've got the shivers. I'm not feeling well. And I think the only choice, the only way I can get better is to spend a day lying on the sofa and not do anything at all. I just feel so awful. There's no way that I can get to school. I hold my hands up and say, I've done that far too many times and I probably should have or probably should admit. And if you say you haven't done that, then I'm willing to call you a liar. But for one or two days, I might get away with this, okay, with my parents. My parents are too gracious. I might get away with it. But after two days at most, mum would say, okay, Callum, time to take you to the doctor. If you say you're not well, you're lying about the house, time to take you to the doctor. And as soon as she would say that, I would magically get better, and I'd go back to school. I hated going to the doctor, But when we're actually sick, it's only the doctor who can help us. We cannot go through life without going to the doctor at some point. You're all born in hospital, and as you grow up, at different times in your life, you'll need the doctor. If you're sick, if you fall, if you hurt yourself, if you have an infection or a disease, if you want to visit a country far away, that requires a vaccination, you need a doctor. In all those situations, you need a doctor. Now, can I tell you something? I am not Gilly Carson, okay? I know nothing about medicine at all. I don't know how a hospital works from day to day. But I do know that when I'm sick, when I'm ill, when I have a problem, I need the doctor. And so I go to the doctor, and I I get the help that I need. This year at CE, you're looking at the Gospel of Mark. And the Gospel of Mark is all about two things. It's about who Jesus is and why Jesus came. So every page, every chapter is teaching you about who Jesus is and why he came. And tonight we're in Mark chapter 2, and Mark's going to show us that Jesus is like a spiritual doctor. He's like a spiritual doctor because he comes to deal with the problem that we all have, whether we realize it or not. He's a spiritual doctor and we need his help. That's what we're thinking about tonight as we come to Mark chapter 2. And as we do that, we're going to have two points as we travel through. And the first one will hopefully be, be on the screen we're going to see how our greatest problem is not sickness, but sin. Our greatest problem is not sickness, but sin. Look down with me on your phones to to Mark chapter 2 and verse 1 and 2, and we get the setting for tonight's passage. It's a small little house in a town called Capernaum. And, And Mark tells us, you'll see, that there was no room in this house, not even at the door. This tiny house was jam-packed with people. People coming from all around the region into this tiny house because they wanted to hear from Jesus. And guys, I have no idea why you're at CE tonight. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know whether you love Jesus or you want nothing to do with Jesus. But notice the crowds came from far away, packed themselves into this tiny house, because they wanted to hear from him. So at the very least tonight, if you love Jesus, or you don't want anything to do with Jesus, the crowds show us that at the very least, he's worth listening to. And we do well to pay attention to what he says. The crowds are gathered in this small house, and, and what's Jesus doing? Well, look down on your phones to verse 2, the end of verse 2. He was preaching the word to them. Now, what does that word preaching mean? Maybe you've heard that before. Well, that word preaching, it simply means to, to herald or to proclaim a great message. Normally a message about a, a king or a person of royalty. Back in the day, a herald was a person who would go round into the towns and cities and give this great message to the People. And so if you were in one of those houses back in the day, you saw a herald coming down the road, would you'd quickly go out to hear what they had to say because their message was really important. And Jesus comes and he's preaching, he's giving to us the word of God, the message from the God of the universe. And that message is called the gospel. Anytime you hear the word the gospel, it's God's message given to his people It's about Jesus, and here Jesus is preaching it to the people in this house. So he's preaching the word, he's preaching the gospel, but then something happens that interrupts his flow. Mark tells us that while Jesus was preaching in the house, meanwhile, there were four men outside with their very sick friend. A friend who was a paralytic man. That simply means he could not walk. He'd never walked a day in his life. He was confined to a bed. So these four guys, these four friends are outside the house with this man who could not walk. And like we said at the start, who do we go to when we're sick? We go to the doctor, don't we? And so these friends brought this sick man to Jesus because they hoped that Jesus could help him with his problem, his paralysis. And so they brought him to Jesus. Now there was no room in the house, so they had to go on the roof to, to make a hole into the roof. And then they lowered the man before Jesus and put the man at his feet. This man had a serious illness, and so his friends brought him to the doctor, hoping that Jesus could help. Imagine you, you've just uh, been playing sport this morning, maybe you've been representing uh, the glorious Port Aron College for a rugby match, which we I don't, probably lost. Port Aron College were never very good at rugby when I was there. But imagine you're playing hockey or rugby or football this morning, and tragically you were injured on the pitch, okay? You've, you've broken your ankle, it's a grim injury. Your, your leg's pointing one way, and then your ankle's sticking out the other way. It looks, it's really nasty. And you, your, your teacher or your parents bring you to the hospital. You see a doctor, you're lying in the bed, and it's really, really obvious what your problem is. Your leg's pointing one way as your ankle's going the other. It's grim. So you know what your problem is, your parents know what your problem is, and the doctor knows what your problem is as well. It's really, really obvious that your ankle is broken. And in the same way, this man's problem was really obvious as well. Look down with me again to verse 4 and 5. He's lying on the bed. He couldn't walk. And the crowd saw it. His friends saw it. But notice what Jesus says in verse 5. Now, that this is shocking. What does Jesus say in verse 5? He says, Son, your sin's are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. I mean, the, Jesus, this man can't walk. He needs help. His, he needs his legs fixed. His friends bring him to the doctor. The doctor looks at the patient. He examines the body. And he says, Son, your sins are forgiven. Could you imagine the crowds? They, they saw the man on the bed. He couldn't walk. His friends brought him to Jesus, needed his legs healed. And Jesus looks at the patient and he says, yeah, yeah, I, I see his legs, but he's got a greater need than that. Forget his legs for a second. Forget the fact that he has not walked a day in his life. This man has a bigger problem, and it's a sin Now, sin is a word we use all the time, isn't it? I mean, if you've been to Sunday school at all, you'll know the answer is normally always Jesus or sin. But sometimes because we hear that little word a lot, maybe we don't really think about what it is, or we definitely don't take it seriously. What is sin? Well, sin is our desire every day to ignore God, to ignore his word, To do what we want, to break free from what the Bible calls us to in our lives. And it stops us having that relationship with God. God is so pure, so good, so holy that sin cannot stand in His presence. And the Bible teaches us that every single human being, once they are born, they're born in sin. It doesn't matter if you're 80 years old or eight days old. When you're born, you're born a sinner against the Holy God. Even from the moment you're conceived, you're conceived as a sinner. That's what the Bible says. Ephesians 2 says we are dead in our sin. Now, that's a big claim, isn't it? We're dead in our sin. Think of it this way. Hopefully this is, is helpful. Some people think that Jesus came to earth to throw us a rubber ring. Now imagine you're, you're in the water in the swimming pool or in the ocean and you're, you're treading water. You're trying to keep your head above water. Some people teach that Jesus came simply to, to throw us a lifeline. And we come and we grab onto that rubber ring and Jesus pulls us to safety. That's what many people teach. But it's not true. It's not true. In fact, the reality of sin leaves us a lot worse than that. Ephesians 2 helps us see this when it says we're dead in our sin. It's worse than just trying to tread water. It really means that because of my sin, I am a dead corpse lying at the bottom of the ocean. That's the seriousness of our sin. It means that I'm a dead corpse and I'm not moving. I can't move any closer to God. I can't do anything to save myself. I can't choose God. I'm dead in my sin. And I'm going to stay dead for all of eternity unless Jesus comes down into the water. He takes me from the seabed. He brings me out of the water. He gives me new breath a new heart and new life that I can be saved and know God as my Father. Sin doesn't just leave me sick. It leaves me dead. That's what the Bible teaches. Sin leaves all of us, not just sick, it leaves us dead in our sin. And it's a sickness that's far worse than the cold, far worse than any kind of virus. Sin is our greatest problem because it affects us not just in this life but in the life to come think about it right a virus can kill you now but when you die it leaves your body it can't have any kind of a hold on you any longer but sin leaves you dead in this life and in the next now that's not what we want to hear nobody wants to talk about sin right but sometimes a good doctor will care for you enough and love you enough to give you the news that you don't want to hear. Sometimes a doctor will give you the news that you don't want to hear for your good. Before we get to the good news that Jesus has come to save us, we need to know what he's come to save us from. And it's the extent of our sin. Jesus loves us enough, loves us enough to give us the bad news And he gave the bad news to this man as well. Even though he was sick, he was a sinner. Now, can you see how shocking this was for Jesus to say? Jesus is really saying, it's better for that man to stay in the bed, to stay paralyzed, and to have his sin forgiven, than to run and run a hundred marathons for the rest of his life and not have his heart changed. That's the seriousness of sin. And guys, we've got to realize that tonight we are sick. We're dead in our sin. And if you don't remember anything else from tonight, don't remember anything else from what Mark 2 says, remember that you're sick, you're dead in your sin, and you need Jesus to change you. Jesus came to forgive this man, of his sin, to change his heart so that he could know God. Our greatest problem is not just sickness, it's our sin. That's the first point. The second point, you'll be glad to know, is a a lot shorter. Only Jesus has the power and authority to forgive sin. Only Jesus has the power and the authority to forgive sin. Now, think about where we are in the story, okay? Okay. Jesus' claim to have rescued this man, to, to, to freed him from his sin. It's an incredible claim. But the man's still lying there. He's still chilling there in the bed. And actually, even though Jesus says his sins are forgiven, it's actually really, really hard to tell. I'm looking out tonight at all your lovely faces, and I can't tell who here is a Christian or who's not a Christian. It's actually very, very difficult to to tell. And Jesus has looked at this man in the bed and he said, your sin's forgiven, but he doesn't look any different. He doesn't grow an extra arm. His clothes don't glow or light up. He looks exactly the same. So how can we know that what Jesus says is actually true if we can't see it physically with our eyes? That's kind of what the, the scribes were getting at if you look down at verse 6 and, and verse 6 to 8. The scribes are basically saying, can we trust what Jesus is saying? Are we sure we can trust who Jesus says he is? Maybe he's just all talk. Maybe he can just say the right thing, but he can't prove it. He can't back it up. That's what they were thinking. Uh, that's what the scribes were saying and. And thinking about Jesus. But let's read again what Jesus says in verse 9 to 11. Look at this please with me, verse 9 to 11. Jesus says, which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home and he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying we've never saw anything like this jesus saw their questions coming from a mile away and so he heals the man this man no longer stays in his bed but he's able to get up and walk out of the house He'd never been able to walk. And now after meeting Jesus, his sickness, his physical sickness was also dealt with. And now that was obvious to all of the crowds. No more complaints about who Jesus is. Can he really prove it? That was gone. Because they watched the man pick up his bed and walk out of the house. And when Jesus did this, he's really saying to the crowds, he's really saying to the scribes, If I can take this man from his bed and watch him walk out of the house, if I can heal his sickness, then I can absolutely deal with his sin. If I can take this man from the bed and you all can watch him walk out of the house, then of course I can forgive him of his sin. Jesus healed the man to prove that he does have the power and the authority to forgive sin. He is the true doctor that we desperately need. We don't always like going to the doctor, or I do not like going to the doctor. But we need the doctor because only the doctor can help. Mark 2 shows us that Jesus is the true doctor, the doctor that we all need, who came down from heaven into our world and lived among us Because we need his help. Because sin leaves us dead. And we need Jesus to deal with our sin and to make us alive. Both for this life and the life to come. We are sinners. We cannot fix ourselves. And we need Jesus to change us. And so tonight, as you're looking on your phone, you're looking at Mark chapter 2, Mark is shouting at you right now, and he's saying, come to the doctor. If it's your first time, come to the doctor, come to Jesus, and have your sin dealt with once and for all. No longer stay dead in your sin. Come to Jesus and be changed. You don't have to do good things to be a Christian. You can't earn your way towards God. Remember we said that with the the example of being dead on, on the sea floor? We can't move any closer to Jesus. We simply receive what he's done for us in his death and in his resurrection. Come to Jesus. Come to your true and great doctor. And he will deal with your sin. Come to Jesus. And if you are following Jesus already tonight, as I know some of you are, if you're already a Christian here, What does Mark 2 call us to? Well, it calls us to remember that, yes, even though our sin is dealt with once and for all, we've been made alive in Christ, we still have plenty of work to do. At least I do. There's still so much sin in my life that I need to deal with that Christ will change by his grace. And so if you're following Jesus, I wonder tonight, do you have to repent for the sin that still is in your life? I don't think we're very good at Repenting of sin these days, at least I'm not. We've got to confess our sin to recognize that we can't earn the love of Jesus. We can't earn his love. We can't move any closer to Jesus. But we can accept what he's done for us and continually confess our sin, walk with him and follow him. The message of Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. Jesus, our great doctor, And he's come to deal with our sin. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these words tonight from Mark's gospel. We thank you that they teach us so much about your son. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the great doctor who's come to deal with the problem of sin. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would shine a light onto Jesus. Help us to see him as our Lord. Stir us to repentance and to recognize that we are sick. We're dead in our sin and we need Christ to bring us from death to life. Lord, help us this evening as we leave not just to know these things in our heads but to apply them to our hearts in a way that changes how we interact and love others. For your glory we pray. Amen.